Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of True North Nerds. Yay! This week, a bit of news, and we're going to review the first three episodes of The Bad Batch, which is a Star Wars cartoon that spins out of Clone Wars. But before we get there, we have Kevin. Hello. And we have Jen. Hi. And we have Ryan. Hi. Oh, that just sounded creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's going to be a good episode. We're off the rails already. Yep. Ryan, what's in the news this week? Not a hell of a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, folks. (laughs) Shortest episode ever. Um, Oh, we got a lot of first looks and and a few trailers over the last couple of weeks. We got our first look at Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revelations cartoon. That'll be uh, coming to Netflix. Mm. What did you all think of that? I didn't watch that trailer. It's not a trailer. Oh. It was first look. It was the images still. Oh, yeah. I saw the pictures. They look cool. Yes. Yeah, those are like uh, a guy I work with came in and he's like, hey, have you seen these yet? And I'm like, no. And then my timeline just flooded with them. Yeah. <laughs> so I like they got the news that they wanted out of it, kind of thing. Like they they interrupted the cycle pretty well with those pictures. What do we all think? Um, I I'm guarded about it. Uh, the Masters of the Universe was never a huge a huge um, part of my. Uh, well, you were a little decent nerd. You were a so, little uh, past the, the the prime age for that when it first a came little out. bit, yeah. So, like I said on our uh, Facebook, if it's at least half as good as She-Ra was, I, I'm in. I, I'm just hoping for good uh, good stories. Yeah, um, I already got She-Ra, so I figure everything else is just golden. <laughs> yeah, for me, the the designs look a lot like that 2000 era cartoon. That's what I was going to say. I really like. Like, that was a good show. Good enough that I still have the entire show on DVD. Yeah, it's one of the shows I kind of, I missed out on buying the DVD when the Zellers was closing. And uh, and it's, it's one of the things I regret, you know, I almost, I could have bought it for 10 bucks. And I was like, meh, $10. But uh, my, my biggest complaint, or really my only complaint right now with the way it looks, is... That Prince Adam looks young and puny. If this is supposed to be a continuation of the original Masters of the Universe, that Prince Adam didn't look as young as this Prince Adam looks. And, well, puny. Yeah, but the designs are still very much, like, they're all, like, fucking jacked. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing. Even, like, Tila looks much older than than Adam, 
and I always took it as there being kind of the the whole potential, you know, will they eventually and you know as they grow up together mm-hmm. type of love of love affair type thing there. But uh I wouldn't put that in with this one. Like he just looks much younger. Like maybe he won't be when we actually see it. But in this one shot where you see where you see Prince Adam, he looks like it reminds me more of like you said, of the two thousand one where he was smaller and then became Jack He Man versus the original. But this is supposed to be a continuation of that original story, not two thousands. Yeah. I always thought that Tila could do better than Adam. <laughs> better than a prince? Who's Yeah, He-Man? no, but Adam. <laughs> I will like say Kendi. he's like Clark Kent. Uh, no, Clark Kent's better. I will say that the show has an amazing voice cast. Oh yeah. Mark Hamill as Skeletor? Yes. And isn't it Sarah Michelle Geller as Tila? Oh, is it? That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's the they put money into this voice cast. Yeah. My r- real concern is is um Kevin Smith to be honest cuz I uh, I am an unabashed fan of Kevin Smith's uh work. <sighs> Up until Red State. Red State was the last movie he really did that I thought was great. Um, the Jay and Silent Bob. The J- What's that? I don't know. <laughs> Who's Somebody listening to videos? Somebody in on the conversation, apparently. Hmm. Oh, they're phone. No, my phone's oh, not on. God. <laughs> As I was saying, maybe it was Kevin Smith coming to butt in and tell me I am an idiot or something. Yeah. Um, like the Jay and Silent Bob get rebooted movie was it was a lot of fun, but like that Yoga Hosers and the Walrus movie and stuff like that. On one hand, I applaud him because he def those were movies he wanted to make. Like right. yeah. that was a, a creative you know, him yeah him being trying to be creative and do scratch that itch. Yeah, and do what basically whatever the hell he wanted. But I also didn't have any interest in those films. So it, it's an odd thing. But at the same time, it kind of reminds me a little bit of... Uh, I'm not a huge Seth Rogen fan. Like I like some of his movies that like he's put together with his crew of people. But on a whole, it's like I, I can wait until they're on Netflix or whatever. Yeah, But the television side that he has been producing the last couple of years between the boys and preacher and invincible like that sort of is like i i've loved some of that stuff especially invincible invincible has been terrific so if like kevin smith does something like that in terms of he-man like yeah i'm on board but I really hope it's we don't get like a lot of dick and fart jokes. I guess is what I'm getting to. Yeah, I don't see Mattel letting him do that with the oh, property. He, yes, but Mattel doesn't own the property, as I found out last week or two weeks ago. Then who does? Uh, Universal does actually. Oh, then I don't I, see Universal the- letting him do that with a He-Man cartoon. Maybe it depends, right? Like it, it depends on how much leverage they give them. It's and we also know they're they're working on another cartoon in the wings beyond this one. So 
<laughs> it's maybe this is the one that's more geared towards adults. Like I don't expect there to be all dick and fart jokes, but there is that little bit of worry. Yeah. Yeah. To, to go into it a little bit is I discovered from watching a video from a guy who used to work for Mattel. Mattel hasn't actually owned He-Man or the masters of the universe for a while, but they had this like little clause in their contract where they have first dibs on all the toys and merchandise. Mm. So Universal ended up with the rights when they bought out DreamWorks. DreamWorks has had them for had them for a while. And then when Universal bought DreamWorks, they got the He-Man rights uh, amongst other things. But whenever they want to do like He-Man toys, they have to go to Mattel first and say, like, hey, do you want to make these? And Mattel has like rights of first refusal. So that if they decide not to want to make them, that's when Universal can allow other toy companies to make stuff. But it's it's interesting to know that like Mattel doesn't own the property and Mm -hmm. hasn't for quite a while. It just seems like they have because they get the first dibs on everything. But uh, yeah, I'm like, and I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to watch at least the first couple episodes when they drop on Netflix, which is July, Ryan. Is that what it comes? Yes. It it will be premiering in July. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, He-Man. Okay, well, let's keep keep this 80s nostalgia train rolling. We got (laughs) the first images for the Snake Eyes live action movie. Did you guys see those images? Nope. I have not. No, seen those I haven't seen those yet. I'm surprised, Brent, you didn't see them. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm not going to give away too much about my day job, but it is a black hole when it comes to cell and internet signals. Well, yeah, but you've been home for a few hours. I I'm sure you've been on the internet. <laughs> yeah, come on. You didn't I've go been, on Facebook, like, dude. I've been on. I've been home for an hour, dude. <laughs> I had dinner and I watched the Bad Batch. Well, anyway, so we got our first look at them. Uh, we get to see uh, Lady. Uh, was it? Oh, shit. We see uh, Baroness and we see Snake Eyes without its helmet on. And I believe uh, they also see a show um, uh, Storm Shadow. Looks cool. Uh, we get the first teaser. The actually, by the time this is out, the teaser's already out. Uh, the teaser will be released on Sunday. Cool. Uh, do 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 do. I will stick in this whole thing. Uh, there's a red band trailer out for the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Does anybody remember the Hitman's bodyguard? We watched yeah, that trailer, um, didn't we? Is that with Ryan Reynolds? Yes. Ryan Reynolds, Sam Jackson, and crap. What's her name? Selma Hayek. Thank is you. Also Selma Hayek is she's the wife. <laughs> Uh, the bad guy in this is, in ten, is uh, Antonio Banderas. <laughs> oh, is he? Yes. I remember that movie being a lot of fun, but I don't yeah. remember anything else about it. <laughs> oh, exactly. And that's really all you need to remember about that first one. It's an action movie. It's fun. This is the sequel. Now there's more people in it. Um, the Red Band trailer has more violence and some language in it because it's a Red Band trailer. Uh, it, it looks pretty good. There's this little sequence at the end of the trailer that made me laugh out loud. 
I saw the first trailer for it, and it looks like a lot of fun, like continuing what the first one did. So we'll see how it goes. Yep. Uh, Ooh, we got the first trailer for Venom Let There Be Carnage. Mm Mm-hmm. Did we all watch that trailer? Yep. Yes. No. I wasn't going to, and then Brent's like, you need to watch it because it's what you wanted the first Venom movie to be. And it kind of is. (laughs) <laughs> so what did you think then, Jen? Um, I mean, I didn't really like the first Venom movie that much because it was trying to be like seven different things at once. But I liked that it settled on like a buddy cop film. And I like that in the trailer, that's kind of what it is. It's like Venom and, and Eddie are kind of like bad roommates. <laughs> but other than that, I don't really have too much of an interest in it. <laughs> I like the uh, the scene in the in the little convenience store with with the shopkeeper, and she's like, "Yeah, no, we won't. You can't eat." It's like, "What? Oh, nothing." Yeah. See, I like that, but I'm I have a feeling like that's just going to be the beginning of the movie, and then it's going to go downhill. But I could be, I've been wrong many times before, so I could be wrong again. In this movie, because uh, they got him a better wig than the uh, than the, the first one. Yeah, it, looked, it looked like it, eh? I do like the uh, um, the subtitle. Like, I like how it's called "Let There Be Carnage." I think that's cool. Yeah, because they could have just called it "Carnage," and I'm like, mm, I like that they took the more like eloquent way out. I don't know what word to say. Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, wordy way. It was funny. Uh, I was talking to a dude at my work, and we were talking about how Carnage is kind of like one of those dividing lines for comic book fans. In some ways, and I don't mean like good slash bad, but more like time wise. Like if if you run into a comic fan who's really really into Carnage, you know that they were born after a certain date, <laughs> <laughs> like because that's like that was hitting right when they started like sort of their teenage comic buying, or maybe a little bit even younger than that. Mm-hmm. Whereas for the rest of us, it was like like I can speak for myself is that was the period where I was, I had kind of gone away from superhero comics for a while and was reading stuff like, like Sandman and things like that. And and not to say superhero comics are bad, but it's just like, that was my era of like not reading Spider-Man like at all. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of like this weird, interesting marker. Hmm. But, uh, I only know yeah. about Venom and Carnage from the cartoon. Mm. Yeah, That's my I, biggest exposure to him, too. I yeah. never watched the first um, Venom movie yet. So, and it's yeah. not a character that does a ton for me. Yeah, same yeah. here. It's, like, it's on it's, Netflix now, so you know, if you have like, what is it, like 90 minutes, a little, almost two hours, whatever the runtime is, and you're looking mm-hmm. for something to watch, it's not... It's not the worst movie in the world to watch. No, yeah, it's got it, its moments. We, we did a review of it when uh, the first one yeah. came out, mm-hmm. and I think the overall review from those of us who watch it was like, "Yeah, it was all right. It was better than we expected it to be." And, right. But it was wasn't like the world's greatest movie, so uh, we'll see. For sure. Next. Next. Uh, apparently, Miss Marvel has wrapped filming. Ooh. I didn't know this, but I guess they moved uh, they moved filming to Thailand, huh? So that they could get it finished, I guess. Uh, 
to work around COVID, is my guess. I couldn't really find details as to why, but it's just uh, I had seen that that they had moved the filming to Thailand, and that uh, they just recently uh, wrapped filming this week. So I am looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a premiere date, a uh, premiere month uh, for What If. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be getting that this August. No date yet. Well, if you think about it, Loki starts in mid-June, and it runs six weeks. So that puts us right through to the end of July, the beginning of August. You know, yep. give us a week or two in between, and boom. No, it makes sense. Uh, okay, so here's a little thing uh, from Disney's chief executive officer, Bob Chapek. Chapek. Is it Chapek? Sorry. It's Chapek, yeah. Either way. Uh, he says uh, that they are not ruling out simultaneous theatrical and streaming releases for movies in, truth, uh, in 2022 and beyond. Uh, they're employing the simultaneous premiere access, premier access and theatrical release method for uh, titles such as Cruella, Black Widow, and Jungle Cruise. Uh, those ones are coming all out in the next couple months. Woohoo! I want to see what? Jungle Cruise. I totally forgot that movie was coming out. Like, it hasn't Me really... too, until you just mentioned it. And then I yeah, was like, oh, yeah. right, I wanted to see that. Uh, but late summer releases uh, such as Free Guy and Shang-Chi, which is not a late summer, that's a fall release, uh, are only going to be getting the traditional theatrical release at, least as, as, at this time. Uh, but we'll move from a 54-day window before hitting streaming as compared to a 90-day window of the current model. Hmm. Hmm. I guess, you know, the way things are opening up in the States, they're looking at uh, by the end of the summer, I guess they're assuming, you know, they'll be up, the theaters will be open normal again and yeah, people will be probably. going back to them, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to when we can go to movie theaters again and, yeah. and not have to worry about it or anything. Which is, is it's slowly getting closer. I'm looking slowly. forward to going to toy shows again. I miss yeah. toy shows. I'm looking forward to going to the store and being able to buy toys again. <laughs> For more anyway. on Ryan's rant about that, please listen to Tales from the Collector Verse. Last week, last episode. <laughs> um. And my last little bit. Okay, so this was kind of interesting. Uh, Targets and Walmart, at least in the U.S. right now, and at least Ontario, you can't anyway, uh, but in the U.S. have pulled uh, all collector cards from their shelves. I've just read about this. This is fascinating. So Pokemon, sports cards. um, They didn't really say Magic the Gathering cards, but they'll probably Uh, be pulling them too. The article I read mentioned Magic the Gathering cards as well. Okay, so there you go. So the one I originally read was from a couple days ago, and they they hadn't done that yet. But the whole reason it stems from uh, a couple altercations that took place between uh, customers in Target parking lots. There was one where uh, a gentleman or somebody say won't say I don't know somebody pulled a knife on another on another customer over Pokemon cards. So uh, yep. So they just and it's all. The last couple of months, really, I guess, all this spring, they've been hard to find because, you know, there was that internet uh, craze that started of YouTube influencers and Twitch streamers and whoever puts videos on the internet 
of buying Pokemon cards, opening them on online you know, on videos live, and selling them to people or raffling them or whatever. And uh, it really driven the collector card market uh, back to the levels that we haven't seen since the early nineties. Yeah, That's like it, I know the the premier card grading service yeah. has basically shut down taking orders at the moment. Because there's wow. so many people sending in their cards to be graded, they just can't keep up. Mm. So they're so just you, not accepting it anymore right now. If you have a card collection that you've been meaning to get rid of, now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> collection <laughs> of anything. It's it's the the combination of like, you know, people trapped at home, not spending money at the movies or at like restaurants and stuff like that, not really able to do much. Refinding I've, stuff they were kind of interested in buying into it. I've just been buying yarn. <laughs> Have you made anything with your yarn? No. <laughs> I've just, just been buying it. it, right? Although the, the, yarn yarn apocalypse. the yarn that I'm waiting to come in, which should be coming in this week, that one I actually have a plan for. Oh, okay. The rest of it I just bought because it was pretty and I wanted to buy stuff. <laughs> Aww. <sighs> all right. Well, I got uh, a little bit of news as well. If there, yeah, perfect. If you I'm, I'm done, so it's all you. I, I, and I've got one tiny little thing, too. Okay. Why don't you go first, Kevin? Well, it was just announced within the last hour or so as we're recording that Universal Florida has announced that effective tomorrow, masks do not need to be worn in the park unless you are in an indoor situation. So if you're outside, you don't have to wear a mask. I I assume the Disney parks will go to that very soon as well. Are they still restricting the number of people who can come in? Yes, but that number is larger than it was um, a month or two ago. Hmm. I just don't want them to be premature. I understand that they want to get business back up and running, but if they're premature about this, then you're just setting us back months and months and months. Yeah, but see, yeah. that's the thing. Their numbers of cases and stuff, at least in some states like Texas, are way down. Are way down compared to like what we're what we've been getting. You know, they've got access to uh, the vaccines. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I get so. that. I just I'm I'm concerned that I don't. I mean, I don't know anything about medicine (laughs) so it may just be me being paranoid but i'm just concerned that you know numbers down leads people into like they get lulled into a sense of false security and then next thing you know well not to be a doomsayer but these variants that they're talking about that are around you know eventually we might hit one that is resistant to the current vaccine yeah anyway like if we continue to, like, I don't think we have to take, like, super precautions like we are now for the rest of our lives kind of thing. But, you know, if we keep up some of the precautions, then we won't have to worry about it. And we won't have to shut down again. Mm-hmm. But, um, so my bit of news uh, goes out about uh, a sequel to a movie that we all loved last year. Well, I guess maybe two years ago now. Is uh, and it also relates to one of our favorite uh, former pro wrestlers turned actors is Knives Out 2, which is a Netflix exclusive, is uh, has revealed that they have cast uh, Batista in one of the roles. Oh, 
and he is uh, he's excited about it because he's nervous because he's doing a movie with like a shit ton of great actors, which only a couple of which have been revealed. But it, he also feels validated that he is in the conversation to be in this movie because right. like out of the, all the wrestlers turned actors out there, um, especially current day is like Batiste is really good. Yeah, he is. Is he and he's got a versatility to him. So I'm uh, he. I watched. Uh, oh shit! What was that movie? It, Guardians it's like a, of the Galaxy. No, 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 no. He's great in that too. Stuber. Um, the Armitage Hotel. Something something hotel. It has Jodie Foster in it, and it's a hotel in the future for criminals, like a or a, like a hospital. So like okay, yeah. criminals, can, and he's like the head orderly, and he was he was the best part of that movie. The movie is, itself is not very good, like it's okay, but he was really good in it. So, um, so I'm, he is joining Daniel Craig and Edward Norton in this movie. So he's and got really good other. range as an actor, which I I mean, like he can do, like you said, the serious movies, but mm-hmm. he's also he he's really good at the comedic movies. So like. I think I don't think that he should feel nervous about working with quote unquote great actors because I think he is one. <laughs> yeah, but Personally. Uh, I'm looking anyway. forward to it. I love yeah. the first Knives Out, so I did too. Uh, I I like the idea that they're going to do more movies surrounding Daniel Craig's character and just building like a uh, like a modern Agatha Christie series. Yeah, Poirot. So. Probably closer to anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, which brings us to our review for this week, The Bad Batch, the mm-hmm. animated series spinning out of the Clone Wars, uh, created by Dave Filoni and show ran by a couple of people. And Dave Filoni is listed as an executive pr- producer. And as we have often said on the show in Dave Filoni, we trust. Yep. <laughs> um, Spoilers I, I for all the episodes up until now. Yeah, although I don't, in a weird way, I don't think there's a lot to spoil yet. No, not yet. Um, let's uh, let's start things off with Kevin because mm-hmm. uh, Kevin, you weren't really a Clone Wars guy. Like you watched Rebels, right? But you didn't really watch Clone Wars. Um, I didn't even watch all of Rebels. I watched I've watched a bit of Rebels. Um, I watched. I started to watch Clone Wars once, and those first few episodes aren't great, so I never no. got right into it. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty much coming into Bad Batch not knowing much about where things were left off with Clone Wars. Mm. Having said that, um, I do like the characters and it's an, it, I think the most fascinating thing about this series is the setting, the time period, the early days of the Empire when they're just getting organized is a time that we know very little about, right? Because we, the the current like big media canon jumps from Attack of the Clones to um, A New Hope, right? So there's a huge gap Revenge in there. Revenge of the Sith. Oh, Revenge of the Sith. I'm sorry. It's all right. Yeah. So so uh, there's a lot there's a lot that they're um, that they can introduce. I like that uh, we are getting a look. At uh, not just our heroes, but what our villains are up to as well. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think I'm. I'm in for the long haul. 
Yeah, I, I think we're going to get an explanation of where the clones went, mm-hmm. which has always been sort of even like so realistically. Well, not realistically. If you look at it, the the canon we get you go to Revenge of the Sith. The next one in line would be the last season of Clone Wars that focuses right. mainly on Ahsoka. And then this kind of hits towards the middle and end of that. And then you get like Rogue One and Solo. Right. Like, or the, well, like you get Solo are, first and then Rogue One. But Solo, yeah. Rogue One, and then A New Hope. So, it, like, oh, you're right. Rebels. If you count counting cartoons, you got to count Rebels. In oh, right, too. right. Yep. Rebels. Well, Rebels is like between Solo and Rogue One. Yeah. And yeah. we know the like. There's certainly some of those clones are still out there. We see Rex and his guys in Rebels, mm-hmm. and we get a we get a mention of them even in this show that they pass through with the uh, with uh, cut the uh, the deserter guy that he's already cut. gone through, which is or not cut. Is that his name? That's his name. The guy who has kids. Yeah. Yeah. That was cut. Yeah. His name is Cut. Yeah, so like Rex is already so the end of that last season of Clone Wars has already happened, and Rex is on his way out into hiding, more or less. By the time that second episode rolls, well, yeah, well, it makes sense too because the first episode is Order sixty six. Yeah. Oh, we get to see Baby Kanan. Yeah, Yeah, which contradicts. Which they just retconned his uh, his origin. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Uh, a bit. A it's bit. like they take chunks of it, but not all of it. Well, yes and no. Like the comic, there was a comic book story that showed his origin, like, yeah. and then that whole thing it started. Like, he was like, there wasn't in the middle of a battle. It was like they were at a campfire. Yeah, and like the bad batch weren't there because they hadn't been created yet. <laughs> but once again, it's the comics. You know, comics and and, and novels don't necessarily count. Yeah, so they they're the ones that are easily rewritten if the TV or movies decide they want to do something. Mm. Uh, Jen, what did you think? Of, what have you thought of it so far? Um, <clears throat> well, like Kevin, I didn't really get into Clone Wars. Uh, I think I made it through two seasons, or at least a season and a half. Well, you watched the last one, and then yeah, and then I that's all Ahsoka. Yeah, then I, I like Ahsoka, so I was just like, I'll just pick it up there. Um, so I, I, I knew who the Bad Batch were going in. Right. And honestly, when they announced the show, I was like, really? They're going to do a show about them? Because they were kind of like almost one-off characters. So I was just like, eh, whatever. Um, but I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I, I'm really intrigued by Omega and what her role is in everything. Mm. Um, and I'm hoping that she just isn't there because they needed to have a token female. And that she actually has some good purpose. Um, and I really like that it seems to be that they're going to, like Brent said, they're exploring what happened to the clones. And more importantly, what happened to Kamino? Because the planet is never mentioned again. And, you know, what happens to all of these, this race of people whose sole job, it seems, is to make clones? Like, I have a feeling that their planet is going to blow up. <laughs> Which kind of is sad. But I really like that they're kind of like... They're not the heroes of the movies, but they're almost like the victims of the show. Like they, they're trying to figure out a way to stay relevant, uh, and you know, stay on. But also, they're they want what's best for their clones. Almost, at least the one is. 
she seems to be a little bit more sympathetic to what her clones are going through. So, yeah, I'll keep watching it. I like I like the character development that they're having with the Bad Batch, and I really like I like Wrecker. He's fun, and I've made up different names for all of them because <laughs> it's easier for me. <laughs> Ryan, uh, I think you and I are the two who have watched all of Clone Wars. Yep. So, it, what have you thought so far? Uh, I thought it's been a good continuation. Like, uh, like you guys have just said, it'll be interesting now to see um, the whole like phasing out of the clones, how they phase them out. They, they've already said that you know that they feel that uh, the recruited soldiers are more loyal. Uh, and that they wanted the, the clones are expensive to make, so they're gonna, they're getting rid of them. But it's like, okay, well, what? You know, are they just gonna keep throwing them into battles? Are they gonna just decide, okay, you know what? Here, send the clones over here, and yeah, you're decommissioned and shoop 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 shoop. Yeah, like are they gonna just keep using the clones till they're all dead and not make new ones, or yeah. or are they gonna kill them off? Or are they gonna kill them off? So, I hope we get that kind of a conclusion, or. At least they or touch least on it. Some of that uh, the story advancement that would be yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I do be- like how like this episode sort of touches on the fact that like they can't keep making the clones that they were making forever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, the Django DNA is starting to degrade a bit. Like they've they've got another couple batches, and then that's going to be it, whether the Empire buys them or not. Yeah, yeah, and that's why they, the, the that's kind of why the Caminos want the Bad Batch back, so that they can sample them. Even though they kept calling them the Bad Batch and and mutants and uh, defects and all that, but it's like like they've said a few times in these episodes, the Caminos the, they don't do something by accident. Yeah, mm-hmm. every one of their their uh, every one of them has the, the, their aberrations is done with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, they've is, all been given a skill. It's not a mistake. Is it the bad batch that they want back? Because she said they only need one, and they already have one. <laughs> they have crosshair, dead, dead shot, whatever his name is. Yeah, but so, he is. They're wiring him up for the empire, right? So yeah, they're, um, they're doing extra stuff to him and things. Yeah, as well as I think the one guy was kind of hoping to get them all back. She probably just wants Omega back. Yeah. As much as she also kind of sent Omega away to be like, you know, like to be safer. Yeah. Now See, that's why I'm I'm interested in her, like, uh, what her purpose is, like, what what game she's playing, because she seems to be she's trying to toe the line with the with the clones, but she's also she helped Omega escape, so mm-hmm. I think she's got some sort of ulterior motive. Yeah. Now uh, I know go I ahead, threw, Ryan. okay, as you say, I thought I threw this one in the chat. And then ever since then, it's actually fine. I've seen it post up in a few different, you know, YouTube video headlines and articles, and I haven't bothered to look at them and to see what they're, to read them, to see what their uh, evidence or, or thoughts are. But do you guys think that Omega could be Ray's mom? No. That she could be a Palpatine clone? No. Why not? Because there isn't the Palpatine clone hit uh, a male. Do we know that? Uh, I don't, I'm, I don't think I'm, that was ever established in the movie. I think it was. Yeah, I wasn't it established that it was his they, son? They definitely show more the the son than the, like the guy than they do. They focus on the male 
more than the female. Now it is it's not out of the realm of possibility for them to retcon that, but no, I don't. Th- I so to go along with this, I don't think she's a clone of Palpatine, but I think she's force sensitive, and I think yeah. it's the, the test run for them to make clones for Palpatine. Yeah, she could still be Pal- She could still be Ray's mom, but could be a clone of uh, a Force user, like somebody Force sensitive, that they breed with a clone of Palpatine. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to. The other thing I'm going to say is, I think not. Just for that, I think they're going to stay away from that new trilogy for a while. Yeah, because it didn't really resonate as they had hoped. Could she grow up to be Mon Mothma? No, Mon, Mon Mothma Mothma's is already, already like old. in the Senate and stuff oh. at this point. Yeah, you already see her in the uh, in the, the prequel trilogy. Of course, yeah. Although that would be cool. I like that idea. Mon <laughs> Mothma's a clone. <laughs> I'm curious more, like, regardless of if she's force sensitive or who her lineage is, is what ends up happening to her. Yeah. Oh, really? Just what happens to all that whole crew? Yeah. I mean, it's a big universe. They could hide them away for the rest of the. Yeah. Star Wars. There's no reason why you could get another show with them at some point so far. You know, like they hid away. Uh, Rex and Ahsoka and, you know, the people who didn't show up in any of the movies. Hey, Rex is in Return of the Jedi. What are you talking about? Okay. (laughs) Well, and, you know, we we know Ahsoka survived past the original trilogy. Yep. She's in, uh, you know, she's in the Mandalorian. Yep. And getting her own show. So, So, like, it's a big universe. They don't have, just because characters don't show up in everything doesn't mean that they're not, they're going to get killed off, is my point. No, but... you also have to do something with them. You know what yes. I mean? There, there should be like an explanation of why we haven't seen them in a lot of ways. Like whether it's they're hiding in the outer rim or they're like, there's something else going on. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've been enjoying the show. Um, it's, it's weird because it feels like in typical sort of Filoni fashion, it feels like a lot of nothing in some ways so far. But I think all of that nothing is going to build into something. Yeah. Well, the other thing, like you said, it's only episode three. They have to build stuff. They have to have these little episodes where it's like, okay, you see the characters got stranded on a moon and uh, Omega has to go and do something because, well, what else has she done so far other than get in the way? Other than why is she there? (laughs) Yeah. And then you know, they give her a bed, you know, her own room, Aww. so she feels like she's part, you know, part of the crew. And that was I'm, cute. I'm also guessing we're going to start seeing some bounty hunters going after them. I think that's what the the Camino thing is going to be. Is they they want one alive, and they don't trust the Empire to do it because we know that. Um, oh, what's her name? Uh, who was in uh, the Mandalorian? Boba Fett's now right. Fennec Shand. Yeah, she shows up Ooh. in the show. Oh yeah. Yes. Yep. Oh, she's cool. in the she's in the trailers and they announced it like it's 
uh, it's a done deal. It's not a surprise reveal or anything like that. She's actually in the show. So part of me thinks they're going to start. There's going to be a bounty on these guys heads and, you know, maybe we'll get Cad Bane back (laughs) because he ain't dead yet, or at least to our knowledge. It was interesting that they that we get to see Saul Guerrero in the first uh, episode too, mm. and his little rebels, not which... voiced by Forrest Whitaker either. No, yeah, but it, that also sort of makes sense. I believe it's the same actor who voiced him in the uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah, and then uh, it'll be interesting. I wonder if we ever see the kid from the uh, Fallen Order video game show up in the, on the series at some point. Maybe. Because he crosses over with Saw, uh, with with uh, with his with them at points in the game. Mm. There, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it, and yeah. I, I'm curious, like especially like I'm I'm wondering why Omega was created in the first place. Yeah. that's a really interesting storyline. No matter how you kind of look at it. Well, that's the thing too that we haven't seen what her uh, her aberration is, other than being female. Yeah. Like, other than being probably not cloned by Jet from you know coming from Django's uh, DNA, have we never seen a female clone before? Nope. Yeah. So. No. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, we will continue to keep our eyes on the show. <laughs> so far, we're all digging it a yeah. fair amount. Yeah. And uh, how many episodes does it run? Anybody know? Sixteen. Wanna... Yeah. Sixteen. Yeah, that's a good run. It's part of the. I think it's part. Well, it's, it's part of the reason why Loki's gonna be on Wednesdays. <laughs> oh, they're gonna, it'll still be coming out when Loki starts. Oh, that's the first time they've had that. But I guess they think there isn't like the huge crossover audience that it won't be an issue. For that, well, well that's why yeah. Loki's or coming out Wednesdays instead of Fridays. Yeah. They moved it right. Yeah, the Wednesday is, is an interesting test date, but it doesn't. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter either, right? You can watch it whenever you want. It just yeah. comes exactly. out. Yeah, and this way, then they're also not putting out, you know, all of their new stuff on Friday. Yeah, I think it's people, a good idea. You no, know, yeah, I think it's what it's what I've been hoping for all along. It's like ideally, I would like to see them. You know, when we get to the point where it's like, yeah, new Star Wars on Friday. New Marvel on Wednesday. New something else I want to watch on Tuesday. If they had something good and new every day of the week, mm. that is a reason to keep either a reason to binge on the weekend, or if you mm-hmm. want to be spoiler free, a reason to go back to their their app and log into their programming every day of the week. Which is yeah. really that's what they want. They yeah. want you to keep, they want you to spend more time there, not necessarily just to sit down all in one day. Oh sure. Yeah. Mm. I just read an article today that said that um, Disney Plus, it, it used to be like after The Mandalorian, subscriptions would drop, people would cancel. But since uh, Star got introduced and they added all that more adult content, uh, their, um, the, ch- the, the churning of subscribers has gone way, way down. Yeah. I also think the, the drop is overblown. Like I don't think Disney's really reported on their numbers, but mm. it's they've they've timed it well that you have to kind of keep in like you can't you can't really do the the what is it three month trial or one month trial? Yeah, it's one. And like binge an entire show. 
No. Like, until at least it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, when The Mandalorian was running, you had to kind of get, like, two months in order to see the entire thing. And they, they've sort of kept that up. It's actually very smart and very easy for these things to do. <laughs> you just offset it slightly so the last two episodes run into another month. Yeah, you just well, as long as you make him sure everything's at least six to eight episodes long, then yeah. Yeah. Then you're getting two months worth of stuff out of people. Alrighty then. So that is it for the bad batch for now. Um oh, we're we're running good on time for a change. <laughs> we are into geek picks. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. So I watched the Netflix series Jupiter's Legacy oh, last weekend. I wondered about that show. Uh, it's decent. It's worth okay. a watch, especially if you're interested at all. Like, I didn't know a whole lot about it going in. I've never read the comics. Uh, it kind of it has a bit of a slow build the first couple episodes, and then it, then it kind of picks up. You get some backstory too, like you you see where the uh, the original heroes, you, know, you get to see their little story on how they got their powers. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get like, a, like the flashback story running with the main story. Um, and by the end of it, it, it leaves you wanting more because it's got like a cliffhanger ending or at least a question that like, leaves you questioning like, what, what are they going to do now? Or who's going to happen this or what? But it also kind of feels like a little bit of a, like a prequel season, like a setup mm. season. Which is it's the first season, which it tends to be that way. Um, but so I enjoyed it. I've talked to a few other people who have read some of the comics and enjoyed it, and felt uh, and they said they enjoyed it. Uh, they also said that there's a few things from the comics that really get stretched out over like say maybe uh, well even like the origin story that happens in like one page in one issue or something, mm-hmm. whereas now it's stretched out in parts over the whole season mm. as like a B story. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'd say give it a watch. If you, especially if you have Netflix, it's not going to cost you anything. Sit down and watch it. Who doesn't have Netflix these days? <laughs> yeah, hmm. we watched the first episode, right, Brent? Uh, first one or two, yeah. It, yeah, it, it was decent. I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. I'll probably watch a couple more this weekend. But uh, I I like that out of Mark Millar's properties it's one of the better ones that right. that netflix ended up with when they bought all his original stuff basically yeah. so who wants to go next well i watched a movie on uh amazon prime called good grief it's friday mm. um i i watched it because it's a it's a locally shot and made film with local people uh, I was surprised to see it on such a big platform as, as Amazon Prime, but it is there. Um, I'm not going to say it's great, but it was fun. Uh, it was fun playing where are they now? Like, what apartment building are they in on the waterfront in Barrie? How did they magically get from downtown Elmvale to downtown Aurelia in the same uh, in, the, in the course <laughs> was, of the same scene? Was it uh, from the corner? And <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden they're in another town. But, uh, you know... When uh, and in fact, all of the um, local settings were fill- standing in for generic American city. It's it's uh, it's an interesting 
it's it's a it's based on a radio play script, I think is what I, I read, and it's sort of a noir detectivey kind of thing, uh, you know, with a hard uh, hard boiled gumshoe who wears a fedora and a trench coat all the time. So. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, you might want to check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. It's also on Vimeo, I think. Um, so it's called Good Grief, It's Friday. Oh, and Friday is the name of the Private Eyes secretary. So. Uh... <laughs> All righty then. Uh, My turn? Jen. Yep, your turn. So my geek picks one that I've been kind of hanging on to for a while because other things have come up. Uh, but my friend D, uh, who is a fan of musicals and knows that I am too, sent me the soundtrack for a uh, musical called Six. Have you oh, heard of it? I know of Six, yes. Yeah. So I'd never heard of it before. So basically it is a musical about the six wives of, of Henry VIII, but it's like <laughs> a modern retelling. And I just looked it up on Wikipedia and it says that the wives are taking turns singing and telling their stories to see who suffered the most due to Henry and should therefore become the group's lead singer. <laughs> and I didn't know that when I started listening to it, but it's very poppy and I quite like it. And the, the songs are really good. Yeah. So, um, but since I didn't know the plot, I was like, why are that? But they're dead and they're singing about being dead. So why, why are they all there? Anyway. I had to reconcile with my history brain, but I really, really enjoyed all the music. So if you like pop type music, um, it's or if you like history, it's really interesting. I kind of want them to show up around here so I can go see it. <laughs> well, we <laughs> got to get things open first. Once we can go and see things, I would like it to come here so I can see it. Um, not with Brent, because I'm sure he would not like to see it. <laughs> eh, maybe. <laughs> you walked in while I was listening to it. And you went, wow, that... Uh, Sure is poppy. <laughs> it doesn't mean I won't watch it. Okay, I'm sure I'll go with D. <laughs> but yeah, so it's called Six. Uh, look up the soundtrack. It's it's very, very good. Alrighty. So I guess it comes to me then. Uh, I am currently halfway through Barry Windsor Smith's Monsters graphic novel. Um, this is freaking huge. <laughs> Um, I think I'm halfway through and it's at like, I'm at 200 pages and it's a real dense work that started off as a graphic novel. Like it was a Hulk graphic novel originally, but um, Smith felt that the, the story had been kind of stolen by the uh, Hulk issue at the time but he could still do something with it and do it better and worked on it for like 30 plus years. Um, it's Barry Windsor Smith is one of the masters of comic book storytelling. There's no two ways about it. His mm -hmm. penmanship is just utterly amazing. Like you can, like you look at this and you can tell why it took him so long to do. And the story itself, um, other than there's a couple sort of like regional accents that he's thrown into the dialogue that I don't think have ever existed in real life ever. Um, <laughs> other than that, the story has been quite good and it, it basically revolves around the connections between a kid who has was trying to get in the army, but he's missing an eye. So he gets sort of roped into this civilian experiment 
programmed by the army, done by ex-Nazi soldiers. And, <laughs> and also, like, the connections between him, his family, and the dude who kind of accidentally set him up for these horrific experiments. So it's it, it's so far it's fantastic. It, it's published by uh, Fanagraphics. You can find it at your finer comic book shops and order it. I'm sure you could order it on Amazon too, but go to a comic shop and order it. And it's uh, I'll, I'll give a final judgment when I'm finished it, but so far it's been good. It's just really dense and takes a while to get through. And that brings us to the end of this episode of True North Nerds. Um, wow. Plug time. Yeah, uh, let's go around the table. We'll start with Jen. What's going on with Sailor Snacking? So Sailor Snacking is on just a little bit of a hiatus. Um, but we are coming back not next week, but the week after. When are we coming back? I don't remember. End of May. Um, with new episodes of uh, Sailor Moon Crystal. Which is well, the 2014 awesome. reboot. <coughs> I can't wait. I love your show. Yay! Thank you. And we're, of course, eating yummy snacks, which is a little mm. bit trickier to do during a pandemic, but we've managed. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, what's going on in your podcasting worlds? Uh, lots of stuff. Uh, new episode of Stage Whispers just came out uh, this week where we talked to three, we, we call them triple threat performers, actors, singer, dancers. Uh, they performed, uh, the, between the three of them, they performed at Shaw and Stratford, Mervish Productions, locally, internationally, you know. So we just wanted to touch base with some pros and see how they're coping during a, the pandemic. Um, Galaxy Class, the Star Trek The Next Generation podcast, continues to come out on a regular weekly schedule. Our next episode of that will be another one of our Batleth battles. This time, the two episodes going head-to-head are um, Half a Life, uh, which is the episode where Lwaxana falls in love with the man who has to commit ritual suicide because you have to die when you turn 60 on his planet, versus... The Icarus Factor, which is the one where Riker gets to beat his father with a padded stick. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that should be an interesting discussion. I haven't had it yet, but that'll be out soon. So uh, lots of stuff going on. Oh, uh, also, if you are listening to this the week it drops, I will be in a live-streamed play-reading event on Friday, the Friday of the long weekend, which I believe is May the 20th and 21st friday may the 21st the play is called jesus and the body snatchers it is a combination of the biblical easter story and frankenstein okay <laughs> i play um, grave robber number two <laughs> to throw in a, a little thing isn't uh looks lexana's uh love interest in that episode isn't it the the dude from mash David Ogden Stiers, yes. Yes. Who, yeah. uh, the fun dude fact. From MASH. Isn't that kind of vague? There's a lot no, of dudes no, but, in MASH. Hey, yeah, but he got it. what I was talking about. <laughs> now, I, I will also throw it out there that, like, as for a comic book connection, he once played Martian Manhunter in a failed Justice League live action yes, pilot. Yes, he did. He was also one of Disney's go-to. Never get back. 
I watched that. Yeah, I've seen that. It's not great. He was also one of Disney's go-to voice actors for a, quite a time. Um, he does the opening narration for Beauty and the Beast. He plays Governor Ratcliffe in Pocahontas. Yep. Um, there's one more, isn't there? Isn't he a villain in uh, either Darkwing Duck or Lilo and Stitch? Like Oh, Lilo and Stitch. He plays the mad... the the. Um, the uh, uh, Jumba, doesn't he? The um, the scientist? alien scientist guy. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yes. So <There> we... <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I should watch it again. Oh, he also he... played Penguin in Batman: Mystery of the Batwoman. Uh, he played Solovar, the uh, the good ape from Gorilla City on in on Justice League. Oh, okay. Uh oh he he oh he's done tons of stuff. Well, and he'll always be the guy stuff, from Mash. Passed away a couple of years ago, didn't he? I believe so. Yes, he died uh, in 2018 uh, from bladder cancer. Aw. On um, that sad note, hey Ryan, what are you doing podcasting? Why? <laughs> I still don't know which guy from MASH he is. Because to me, the dude from MASH is Alan Alda. He was he Winston. Was, he's, yeah. Who? The the rich, uh, bald guy. The stuffy, he replaced yeah. Frank. Yeah. The stuffy oh, guy from, from Boston. His name wasn't Winston. I thought uh, it was. Charles. It was Charles Emerson Winchester the third. Yeah, there you go. That's, That's more it. like it. Yeah. Not Winston. And he was on MASH from 1977 to 1983. I like uh, that. Yes. MASH is a good show. Watch it. Um, on Disney Plus. Yep, exactly. Yep. On Star. Uh So, yes, this week, actually, uh, this coming Thursday, if you're listening to this the week this uh, episode is new, will be the next episode of Tales from the Collectorverse. Ooh. Uh, Ed and I will be recording that tomorrow, actually. So uh, look, yeah, go find that. We're, we're we'll be we'll be showing up in your feed in a few days. Listen, please, <laughs> give us your feedback, good or bad. It's a very Ed, good podcast. Ed got podcast. something. Oh, thanks. Ed got a new toy this uh, delivered in the mail. It's a little. It's, I'm I'm finding it tough. If it wasn't for the auction site and me winning toys on there, I mm. wouldn't be adding much to the uh, to the uh, my collection over this over the, the last few uh, weeks. But. Uh, no, Ed, Ed got a pretty good score. I'm sure we'll meant, we'll talk about it, and then uh, yeah, we have an interesting topic of, of discussion this week. So this should be a fun one. Nice, Brent. What are you doing? Ah, not a heck of a lot as of late. <laughs> okay, say bye, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I do the show as always, and uh, now that uh, Serena has taken over production reins on Sailor Snacking, Yay! frees me up a little bit. I'm I'm thinking I might do some bonus stuff coming up uh, to just to keep sort of active. But beyond that, uh, the dark side pops up every Thursday on Black Donnelly Radio on Mixcloud. Uh, I just released episode 12, which has some, it's a lot of new stuff, which for the music I play is, is been a little scant as of late, but uh, some, uh, some connection to stuff that we love. Uh, Oscar-winning musician Trent Reznor's Nine Inch Nails project. Uh, I put on new Nine Inch Nails this week, which made me very happy. 
<laughs> he is, he is a Tony away from an EGOT, which is both kind of awesome and makes me feel old. <laughs> so the, the, the guy that uh, had one of the lyrics in one of his earlier songs is Fist Fuck. So, uh, <laughs> did it classic <laughs> All right. Well, we've got some ideas what the next episode is going to be, but we're not quite sure what it's going to be yet. Uh, so stay tuned in two weeks. And until then, uh, stay s- safe and stay healthy. And if you can, get vaccinated. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can, like, I, I know that, like, you, some people are immune compromised, and that's not going to be a thing for them for the foreseeable future but like there's no reason not to get vaccinated unless it's that bill gates already has all your information you're not giving him anything else (laughs) (laughs) on that note uh have a good one everyone see ya Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. All right, starting up in three, three two, one, two, Blast one. one. Welcome, <laughs> <laughs> welcome everybody. Fuck. <laughs> Please ruin my own. Okay, three, two, Would you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll shut up now. <laughs> So you can count.